the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. you pray with me, please? Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, likely written sometime between 55 and 60 CE, Biblical scholars all agree that this particular letter is Paul's magnum opus. It presents Paul's theology in its most mature expression, and it covers the full range of human emotion and experience. And thus, for that reason, we will begin this eight-week sermon series on the letters of Paul right here with the epistle to the Romans. Now each week in this series we will look at one of Paul's letters and we will focus on a passage of that letter that is central to the letter as a whole. And this week with Romans we are looking at Romans chapter 8, the crux on which the whole letter rests. For here, smack dab in the middle of the letter, here in Romans chapter 8, Paul is making the case that indeed hovers over and under and all around that which he writes in this epistle and in all others. Making his case that despite all of the sufferings and hardships and challenges that no doubt plague our lives on this planet, that our lives nonetheless do matter. That what we do here matters. That this is all indeed going somewhere. That there is indeed meaning in all of this, even in the hardest parts. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed unto us, Paul writes. And then from there he goes on to enumerate certain sufferings. Hardship, he says. Distress, anxiety, depression, hunger, injustice. War, enmity, on and on and on he goes, enumerating sufferings that plagued humankind then, sufferings that continue to plague humankind today. Yes, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, Paul says, going on to say, for I am convinced that none of these things, that nothing in all of creation can ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, Paul says, can separate us. It's a powerful line. It's a 
meaningful line, a significant line. It's one of those lines that can serve for us as a lifeline, as something that we can cling to as people of faith in the midst of struggle and suffering. Yes, it's a wonderful line, but what does it mean? What does it mean to say that nothing can separate us from the love of God? Is this describing merely an emotional tie between us and God? Is this unbreakable connection that Paul says that we share with God, is this merely spiritual in nature? No, Paul says, answering this very question himself, no, this connection, Paul explains, has a material, physical shape to it as well. And on this point, the whole epistle rests. So listen closely. No, Paul says, the entire creation waits with eager longing. For the entire creation, Paul says, is groaning with labor pains as we wait for the coming redemption. Not just our spirits, though these indeed groan and suffer, Not just our souls, though of course these indeed struggle and suffer, but the entire creation, he says. In other words, Paul is saying here that all that is happening on this earth, that all that is taking place on this present painful plane, That all that is happening throughout the entire cosmos is being drawn toward and will be one day transformed by a coming restoration of all things. That tragic death that happened years ago but feels so acutely painful that it happened yesterday. That crippling anxiety that we can't currently shake. That brutal injustice that we can't quite square with a righteous God. That ungodly devastation that we watch play out on the daily news. All of this, Paul says, all of our present sufferings and hardships, all of these things will, one grand glorious day, be drawn into and will be transformed by a greater reality that is still yet to come. Yes, the creation, Paul says, is in labor pains even now. In labor pains. It's a particularly powerful metaphor. That is, this image of creation present being pregnant with the new creation that is to come. For consider how this metaphor is working in this passage in question. As we've just looked at, Paul is in the midst here of highlighting how much hardship there is in this broken world. How much suffering, how much anguish and pain, and how much all of this can feel like it's ultimately for naught. But then in naming all of this hardship and suffering, Paul is also making the case we've just seen that it's not all for naught. That even though we can't see it yet, it is part of something else. 
pointing to something else, being pulled toward something else, toward something more glorious than we can even yet imagine. Yes, the creation, Paul says, is pregnant with this exquisite eventuality. Now, as a man, I have, of course, never given birth. And consequently, I cannot possibly know from experience what that excruciating process is like. This is indeed one of the great unfairnesses of this broken world, that we men never have to bear this incomparable physical burden. But that being said, I have been present for it four times. One of those times much more present than I ever imagined I'd be. (laughs) And while I can't speak experientially about the agony and about the physical hardship and about the comprehensive bodily distress that it engenders, I have been present with April throughout these experiences. And thus, I have heard her describe, sometimes to me, sometimes at me, just how harrowing it is to be pregnant and to give birth. So even though it is secondhand, I know that it is fair to say that the experience of pregnancy and of that climactic moment of giving birth, I know that this experience is exceedingly, overwhelmingly hard on the woman carrying the child in her body. But then, too, and I know this from simply watching my wife's face upon each delivery, but then, too, I also know that it is fair to say that for the one carrying the child in her body, all of those sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory revealed when that child makes his or her entry into the world. So yes, it is a particularly powerful metaphor indeed. For what this metaphor evokes is nothing less than Paul's main point in the book of Romans, which is that none of this that we experience and go through and suffer and absorb in this life is for naught. That even our greatest pains and tragedies, that even our deepest fears and anxieties, that even our most debilitating feelings of emptiness and alienation, that through Christ Jesus, all of these things can and will be redeemed and transformed. The glory that they anticipate being incomparable to the burden that they no doubt right this moment are. For you see at bottom, dear family, this is what Romans ultimately assures us of as human beings and as followers of Christ Jesus. This particular hope that beyond the realities of sin and evil and death, realities about which Romans talks a great deal, And that beyond the realities of how God has saved us as human beings and of how God is weaving us all together into one, realities about which Paul also speaks at great length in Romans. That beyond all of that, Romans is imploring us to believe there is meaning to all of this. There is purpose to our lived 
reality to our day to day and that despite all that might suggest otherwise a time is coming when all that ails us now and when all that ails the entire creation will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye that at its bottom is what the book of Romans is all about that promise And so I close then this first sermon in our series with this coming powerful reminder. A reminder not from me, but a reminder from the Apostle Paul himself. That when it comes to the inevitable existential questions of why and of what for and of to what end, But the answer to those questions is simply this. That in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor powers nor anything else in all of creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing can separate us. Because though the creation groans in labor pains even now, That very same creation waits with eager longing for the glory that is about to be revealed. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.